Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. If you haven't heard, Center Ice Brewery beer is now exclusively available at beer stores around town. So make sure you pick some up on your next milk and eggs run. That's Center Ice Brewery. Please drink responsibly. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a Donnybrook. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are we like Ogilcorp? Are we suspended? I, I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, selfish hockey. hockey. That's right, selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it no doubt about it eh you're listening to kurt bill and jeff on let's go blues radio the original st louis blues hockey fan podcast take it away boys hey blues fans i like to consider myself a friend of the show this is tsn analyst and former blues netminder jamie mcclennan and here's kurt bill and jeff on let's go blues radio Welcome to a uh, special playoff uh, edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. It is Monday, May 16th, 2022, and this is Season 10, Episode 38, and Episode 356 all-time. We're the often-imitated, never-duplicated. We're two great tastes that taste great together. Actually, three great tastes that taste great together. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to rockin'thatidealife.com and centerizedbrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. We're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook right now. So uh, if you heard that, then you know that already. Uh, to interact with the show, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just do a search for us. You'll find us. I'm Kurt Price, my co-host for tonight's big show, our DJ Jazzy Bill Day and the fresh Jeff Ponder. And on the agenda tonight, we'll be previewing the second round matchup between the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche, uh, among a couple other things. So, gentlemen, uh, have you moved your bowels today? You uh, have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Okay. You did that on purpose, right? DJ Jazzy Bill instead of Jazzy Jeff? Yeah, right. You he had a long time to man. think about it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have said DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Bill. That's that's kind of funny, too. That would have been but perfect. I, I threw a curveball. Yeah, sorry for the late start, uh, late start guys. Uh, if you're listening live, we had some technical issues, some sound issues, which is not uncommon in podcasts today, especially with live podcasts. Yes, live podcasts. I think we have it all worked out. Uh, we got the oh, Matt Harris and the Meeker uh, in the uh, YouTube chat already. So welcome, gentlemen or gentle women. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if the Meeker is a guy or a girl. <laughs> Plus, we can't assume anyone's folk. gender. Gender, yeah. gentle folk. Yeah, we're gonna preview the uh, Blues and Wild, or the Blues and the Avalanche second round matchup in a in a minute here. Uh, but uh, I guess um, I guess we can do. Uh, what do you guys? Are you guys drinking something tonight? 
Oh, I'm nice. Drinking a nice frosty Duff beer. Yeah, it's Duff, baby. Uh, Duff bands, getting excited. Uh, no, I uh, I'm actually sticking with what I drank last show because I figure why change it up if it's working? Don't fix it. God, man, this is so this can is so hard. To Summer show. glare. Summer glare. Yeah, summer lager from yeah. Schlafly. Uh, just a good sipping beer. How about you, Bill? Mm, I'm drinking Jeff's shirt. Arena lager. Yeah, he is. Job. The old arena lager. And I'll tell you this, you know, I'm usually a really big fan of it, but now that I'm drinking Jeff's shirt after he had an all-day hockey tournament on Saturday, not good. <laughs> this guy's a champion uh, again, folks. I think I think I've got you all beat. I think I do tonight. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hey, Gloria. Nice. Yeah. Well, little play Gloria from Sunrise Brewery. Hazy Pale Ale. Yeah, look at it. Kurt. And I forgot my frosting. To... I gotta, I gotta, I slum it and drink out of the can. You. That's what I'm doing. Human being. I, I thought you I had guys, a mug in my freezer down here. I do not. You guys are trash. You gotta drink out of your duff mug, man, like a real man. I could drink out of the cup over there in the corner. Just do that. Yeah, well, I got my cup too. Same, I think it's the same exact model, exact same, exact same one. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I got mm, this for winning the all day hockey tournament on uh Saturday. Team Ponder took it. We uh, we had to play in set most games I've ever played in one day. I had to play in seven. That's nuts. Yeah, now that, that now crazy. that we've got six teams in these tournaments, um, if you don't finish first or second and you go all the way to the championship, you get three playoff games. Uh, first or sec- first and second place both get buys, but uh, yeah, it was actually kind of funny. The two teams that weren't did not finish first or second that had to play in, basically play into the playoffs. We both met the championship, so both teams played in seven games. It was uh, we were all hurting the next day. It was pretty rough. That's rough. The most I played one day is uh, f- uh, three or four. I know we we played three uh, in the playoffs at Oak Hill. That was that was fun, but uh, and then in college we had uh, a tournament in Purdue. We had three or four in one day, and then two the next morning. That was I rough. mean, none of those are fun. I mean, they are fun, but at the same time, like you wake up the next day and you're like, "What, what the fuck did I do yesterday?" Do you, is it the is the game format the same as the Ponder Cup? Are they shorter games? Yeah, shorter games, fifteen minute periods. At um, least there's running clock. At least, at least there's that. Yeah, um, and we ended oh, up nice. uh, having we had to cut we, some of the uh, intermission time between periods because uh, we usually get three minutes in between. We had to cut that down to a minute thirty because we were running behind all day. Uh, we got Ken yes. Morris, and Ken made a comment to me on Twitter about the tournament. Jeff, you survived. What a beast of a human specimen, a la Charles Atlas. Again, I will reiterate. Uh, he said something about me being in great shape to be able to play in that much hockey. It's not a matter of being in great shape. It's a matter of being in enough shape to where you don't die. And that's basically where I'm at. That's dedication. Keith Price asked in the YouTube chat, my brother, uh, asked what the Blues all-time playoff record was versus Avalanche. We played them twice. We played them in uh, 2001. Right, and we played them in uh, last year. So wait, you're looking it up, right? I I, I don't have to. I mean, we, yeah, right. We, I we still, I know it. 
So I'm sure you know it too. Yeah, yeah. We got swept last year, and then we lost uh, in uh, five, five, five games. Yeah, I was thinking six for some reason. That doesn't sound right. Did uh, they yeah, play the Nordiques at all in the playoffs? Oh no, I, never, 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 oh, never. <laughs> because they were they were Eastern Conference. Yeah. Or sorry, let me be more specific. They were Wales Conference. So uh, yeah, so we're one and eight. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Blues all-time playoff record uh, one and eight against the Avalanche slash Nordiques, but uh, hopefully this year we'll see that go to five and eight. Oh wow, a reverse. Uh, I said reverse sweep. They sweep the other way. <laughs> That's not really a reverse sweep. It's still I, a I sweep. will settle for five and eleven. <laughs> I will settle for five and eleven. I will settle for five and yeah, five and eleven. Yeah, That's. Yeah. I, I had to do the math in my head. It took me a minute. <laughs> um all right so uh we we so game six between the 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 blues and the wild blues won the series four games of two um that was on thursday bennington was in net for the blues talbot net for the first time for wild were you guys surprised we talked about this on the uh on the show before about uh talbot being in net and you guys uh were wanting to go back with flurry and I said I go with Talbot, right? And then they did go with Talbot. He didn't look very good. Mm. But what do you I, think of that? I will say I just actually listened to that portion of the show this morning, uh, trying to find something that one of us said. And uh, Bill uh, did say he was he would be he would literally be shocked if they went to Talbot in an elimination game. So Bill, were you mm-hmm. actually shocked when you saw the news come out? Yeah, yeah. The only time you make that move is in a non-elimination game. Yeah, when you are not about to be eliminated. Not <laughs> at elimination. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just sit here and don't talk for a while. The, the words don't work. <laughs> so it's it's a great time to be on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it, it's, uh, it was the wrong time to make the move. You have to make that move before game five. If, if you're going to make a switch, you don't do it when you are in full on desperation mode or else it, smells of I, desperation and as we all I, know desperation is a stinky cologne i <laughs> i agree with you and i think i said on the game i the show before i would have gone with talbot in game five mm-hmm. and and they yep. did not they went with flurry um and then i said again i said i would have gone i would go with Cal, uh, talbot in game six only because i said talbot the game before and so i was sticking with you know go back to talbot just to to give the blues a different look and I, I think Brube played it perfectly. He played. I mean, he 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 changed at the right at the, at the right time, the perfect time. Yep. yep. And I I that's and that's the only reason I said Flurry for Game Six. I think Bill, you would agree because you went to Flurry in Game Five. You lost the game. You're not going to put in your other guy in an elimination game. You're going to let Flurry get you there. At least give him put him in the game to start and give him a short leash. And. Well, that just was not the case. It was, a, it was to me, a surprising move. Well, that's what the Blues did against the Avalanche in 2001. They yeah. played Johnson in game five. Right, in the elimination game, right. Yes. But yes. he also played a little in game four. Right. He did. He did. Because uh, Turek gave up three goals in 78 seconds. So then they put Johnson in, I want to say, for the rest of that period and maybe one more. And then put Turek back in there for the third period, right? Uh, which which is just par for the course for the Blues not being able to figure out goaltending. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, the Wild got out to a nice start in this game, uh, but 
with five minutes from the first period, uh, Nick Letty. I mean, are we on the same page here with super soft goal that Talbot yes. allowed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. yeah. Chris Bray in the YouTube chat said it was a men's league goal. And I think that's one it of the best descriptions I've seen of it. It is perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a bad goal and it was fairly late in the period. Um, not, not a good, and it was all blues the rest of the way. Um, so, uh, and they won the game, uh, five to one, won the series, four games to two. Um, two of the Blues goals on the power play. And so real quick, before we get into the uh, Blues and Avalanche, you know, thoughts on the series, I think the better team won the series. I guess we all picked the Blues to win the series. So I assume that we're, you guys nailed it in six. I said in five, um, you know, Kaprizov is good. I think that's that if we didn't know it before, we know it now. Uh, seven goals in the series. And, and I'll add, Kurt, with you picking five, I think it very easily could have been five. The Blues would have not given up a goal in the first, what was it, minute of game three? That just seemed to right. completely derail them that game in game three. I think had they come out and maybe they get the first goal in that game, well, first goal won every single game of the series. But uh, I think the Blues come out with a little more vigor, don't give up that goal in the third. Now, granted, if that happens, we don't see Bennington. Maybe even if the Blues go up, uh, 2-1 at that point, maybe Huso falls apart, maybe it's a different story, but I just feel like your pick of five really wasn't crazy because the Blues, they have had Minnesota's number this year, actually since Baruby took over, and uh, they played really well. Bennington played fantastic, and uh, you know, and then guys were scoring right when they needed to. You know, Tarasenko in game five came up huge. Brandon Saad started putting, started putting the puck in the net, looking like a a pretty damn good pickup from the summer. Uh, just everything started to click for the Blues later in the series. The Blues did a, a fairly good job of limiting Kaprizov, uh, particularly when Blues defenseman Nick Letty was in the mm-hmm. top pair with Colton Preco. Uh, this is from the Athletic uh, article written by J- Jeremy Rutherford. Friend of the show, Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, Kaprizov saw 77 minutes and 30 seconds of 5-on-5 five five ice time in the series in 23-22 of that time uh, with Letty on the ice. Kaprizov, uh, with letting the ice, had no points and just three shots on goal. In 47 minutes and 30 seconds without Letty, who missed games two and four, two through four with a concussion, he had three goals, four points, and six shots on goal. So Letty providing the Blues with uh, some sh- shutdown defense, not just that that puck-moving uh, exit uh, uh, defenseman that was he was labeled as, and he was labeled as a liability, defensively in his own zone, which when we first got him, which is in this series was not the case at all. Right. Yeah. The, his mobility is the, his biggest asset and he used it so well against Kaprizov, who is just, he's the most water buggish player in the league right now. He just, he can slip through pretty much everybody, but apparently not Nick Letty. Well, and, and I'll add too, you mentioned the mobility that's part of, I mean, you know, you always hear the old adage, uh, the best off or the best defense is a good offense. That's kind of what Letty did too. When he was out on the ice against Kaprizov, he's such a good player with puck movement, puck possession, that he kept it off Kaprizov's stick. He was one of the guys that really helped that charge of, of keeping the offense moving, keeping the guys at least getting it to the red line and dumping it in. And uh, just a, a big, important part of that. And again, you're you're keeping the puck off the offense's stick in Minnesota, you're gonna win the series. And that's exactly what the Blues did that whole series when they won the games. 
Matt Harris in the YouTube chat says, I'm kind of pissed at how much I've liked having Letty so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was, you know, who uh, Kyle Foxton, I think, tweeted out, um, imagined having traded for um, Ben Sherratt over Nick Letty. Right. Because right. that was, I mean, you know, to go back to the trade deadline, that was, you know, everybody who said Sherratt was the number one guy on the board. Right. Well, I think on this show, I think uh, I would, I mean, uh, I don't think, you, I think Bill, of the three of us, I think you were the most happy with getting Letty. Was that right? I, you, were, you were pretty happy with it. Um, I, uh, I was, I was, I, 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 I remember saying I liked it. Uh, I thought it would help the team, but I was disappointed that we didn't get that that stereotypical big stay-at-home guy that I felt we needed. I think, and I think that was a general consensus, um, Blues fans, although a lot of people didn't like the Letty pickup at all. Uh, they were laughing at apparently, it. Um, apparently Matt Harris being one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the pickup itself either. I thought, well, you know, I'm glad they did something to address right. the defensive issue. But to me, I was with you, Kurt. I was like, yeah. That's not what they needed. They needed the shutdown guy. And yeah, so far but, he's proven us wrong. Yeah. I, you know, the cost that they paid giving up a fan favorite Sunquist and, you know, Jake Wallman, who, you know, it was never going to get a, a shot at top four on this team. Let's be honest. And it, increased his chances of getting that in Detroit who, you know, will not be a playoff team for some time to come. Um, that was tough to swallow, um, but I, you know, I was happy at the time with the trade because we did bring in a defenseman that, you know, he might not have been the big hulking defenseman, but he was the veteran presence. And I think that was the first thing we saw from him was his calming influence and his ability to cover up Pareko gaffes. Both Money Puck and Dom at the Athletic had models that projected the Wild to win this series rather easily. Uh, but I think anybody who actually watched, you know, the the, the games uh, knew that uh, leading up to this, you know, the games between the Wild and the Blues, kind of knew that those advanced stats models were kind of goofy. Um, didn't it didn't make a lot of sense? I thought the Blues were the better team, but having the Wild favor that heavily in multiple models was kind of strange. And I said before the series that it was a bad matchup for the Wild. I think we all agree with that because the Wild hadn't beaten that they were you know the blues were 3-0 and 0 versus the wild this season and they had coming into the playoffs they were 12-1 and 1 i think in the last 14 games yeah. against the wilds they took over so it's right. like it's very wild, lopsided and, very lopsided and the wild obviously have a hard time playing the blues and they have a hard time winning but they you know dom said that you know he doesn't factor in head-to-head matchups because it's too small of a sample size and i said okay if you want to take one, two, three games and say it's too small of a sample size, okay. But there's something there. The Wild just do not match up well against this uh, against the, this Blues team. It's it's it, they're having one win and 14 tries. Come on. Well, and it, it goes to show you too that they um, uh, that the, you know advanced metrics again, all for it. I think it's it's been a great addition for coaches and and even uh, analysts to be able to to break down the game better, but. At the end of the day, it's it's an accompaniment to the eye test. And how many times have we said this on the show? You know, you but can it, yeah. you can play the game out on paper and say this is exactly how this series is going to go. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to because you need to be able to watch the games, see the difference than what you'll see on paper. And I think that's what the Blues proved in the series. 
Right. And it it's also susceptible, you know, any model is susceptible uh, to creator bias. And, you know, that those decisions, like, and, and when I say creator bias, I'm not saying that Domino Decision hates the blues. He might, because we totally proved him wrong in 2019. But somebody on said that uh, he has written about uh, his dislike of the blues. I don't know if that's true yeah, or not, but I, I, I think I've seen him say it, you know, it, okay. it's, I think it, it's probably because 2019 proved him wrong and he couldn't figure out either. He couldn't figure out, or he tried to tweak his model for the blues success. And then the next year it was totally wrong again. I don't know. But <laughs> when I say creator bias, I mean, those decisions you make, right. The decisions you make about not including the head to head matchups, right. You're, you're making decisions and excluding certain, things in in your uh in, in the model and you know that until we have perfect ai <laughs> creator bias is always going to be present that's what you get when you try and predict a winner of a series with stats you know it's a it's, and stats alone apparently if you're not even going by head-to-head -head record and you we're having a series between these two teams and they're going to play each other but we're not going to take into consideration at all the previous game is where they played each other. <laughs> well, well, I, I don't get that. Yeah, that seems well, very silly to me. It shouldn't matter. It's, they're playing each other again. If a team can't beat another team, you would think that maybe that would play into your model and say, okay, well, they can't beat this team. They have problems. We'll, we'll, we'll factor that in. Anyway. Uh, on the other side of this break, well, we have to take a break. So on the other side of that, we'll uh, preview the round two matchup between the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche right after a word from rockin'thatidlife.com. It's springtime, and I know in my house, it's such a good feeling to open up the windows and let the breeze roll in for new life in my home. Your body's no different. Detoxifying your body can reduce any inflammation, purify your blood, help with weight loss, improve sleep, and boost your circulation. Don't just go after those detoxifiers that only focus on the gut and bowel, though. If you're going to do it, do it for real. The all-new Detox Box from RockinThatIDLife.com cleans all your systems, flushing your kidneys and bowels, detoxifying your liver, and restoring your microbiome for full homeostasis. You'll feel re-energized, restored, and renewed. Make your order now and receive a free Detox water bottle with your order. Visit RockinThatIDLife.com or email Dustin at RockinThatIDLife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's RockinThatIDLife.com and give your body that much-needed spring cleaning today. So it's a rematch from round one last season when the Colorado Avalanche dominated the St. Louis Blues and uh, swept them out of the playoffs. Um, goaltending, uh, Bennington figures to be the guy in net for the Blues. Uh, my, how quickly things have changed since uh, the most of the second half of the season and uh, uh, how the playoffs started this season, right? Huso was the guy. Um, and But now it's Bennington pretty much solidly in net. So it's crazy how that works. I mean, that could change this series yeah. just like it did last time. But um, I do look at this, and, and I don't know, I, I don't want to say that I, you know, wished any ill on Huso because I did not. But this that might be how this sounds. I did tell my wife, I said, if the Blues win the series against Minnesota, I truly believe Bennington will uh, win his crease back. 
he's going to win the crease back and he's going to lead them through the first round. And uh, not saying I called it because I, I, that was just kind of a guess, but um, I'm obviously it was right. You know, he, uh, he stepped in, he played big when the blues needed him to not again, nothing against who saw that he played fine. Even in the game three loss, it was just Bennington stepped in and took control of the series. One, his ability to play the puck behind the net was huge. Keep the play going. Uh, something Minnesota wasn't getting from flurry or Talbot in game six. Uh, and then just ability to react and cover the puck was big too. That was something we saw him struggle with. I think this season and maybe even a little bit last season was his rebound control. Uh, he was fantastic this past series uh, covering the puck and, and not giving Minnesota those second chances. And if he can do the same thing to Colorado, uh, this will be a much closer series than people are predicting. Uh, Jordan Bennington played in all three games versus the Avs this season, had a one, two and old record with a GAA of 3.78 and a save percentage of eight, nine, seven. Uh, his numbers versus uh, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota in round one. Three and oh, nine, four. Oh, I'm in Nashville. <laughs> his numbers versus Minnesota in round one. Three and oh, nine, four, three, save percentage of one, six, seven uh, goals against uh, average and a, a 2.6 goals saved above average, which is, which is great. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. I was going to say, we got distracted with all the technical difficulties, but I was going to ask you before we got on here to clarify that if that was Kemper against Minnesota or against Nashville or Bennington against. Yeah, I knew I knew that was Bennington because Kemper was four and out. Well, Kemper was no, he was uh, three games started. He was two and out. Yeah. Because he was out with an eye injury in the one game. That's right. I forgot about that. Good call. He, he, he only got credit for two wins. Uh, so and his, his in comparison, his uh, stats were two zero and zero, nine three four save percentage, and a one six three goals against average, and a one point three goals saved above average, which is good, but not as good as Bennington. So Bennington's, I mean, very good numbers across the board for both goalies in the first round. Uh, Bennington a tick better. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how uh, how that pans out. And uh, let's be... let's let's add again. How many times did we say last season? It will shit this season. Bennington was the only worthy opponent the Avalanche mm-hmm. faced on the ice last year. And just think if he would have gotten some offensive output, some better defensive help, how that series would have gone. You got to think the Blues are going to have a much better effort this time around, and hope that Bennington can emulate the same way he played last year. Yeah, I, think, I mean, just the start of that series last year with Bortuzzo being boarded um, by Nutrushkin, I think it was, and injured, no call. It it didn't bode well for the Blues. Or was that the year before? I, I, I can't I can't keep the year straight anymore. But I what I recall from last year's series is that Bennington was the only consistent performer. He would stand on his head and give up, you know, make four or five saves, and they'd score on the sixth shot. And the the offense was just completely drained. It seemed like, you know, O'Reilly just could never find his legs in that series. So yeah. I'm hoping that with, you know, the success that we found later in the, you know, this first round, they're going to have a better jumping off point rather well, than I think, just getting destroyed. I think too, with the way that the season was structured last year with only playing within your division because of COVID, uh, every mm-hmm. game pretty much was a playoff game uh, down the stretch. 
and the Blues were were on the outside looking in going into April, I believe, and they had to play their way into the playoffs. So they right. had to battle. They were already playing playoff hockey in March and April, and not that they weren't doing that this year, but it was like instantly, okay, regular season over, jump into the playoffs against the number one seed. Let's see what you can do. This time, not saying Minnesota was easy because it wasn't. It was a very hard-fought series, but they get a little break here. Um, they got some injuries. Hopefully, some of these guys will start healing up, which I know we're going to talk about in a second. But um, it they haven't had to, to me, they didn't have to play as hard. They knew they were in the playoffs pretty early on in April. Uh, they just had to basically go 500, and they were going to make it. It wasn't a, we've got to fucking win out, boys. Otherwise, we may not make the playoffs. So I think they're going in with a little bit more jump this year than they maybe had last year, which should hopefully play to their advantage. And we have a healthy Perron uh, this year. And we have uh, Falk, who we lost in game two, late in game two. Uh, last season. Well, well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We have to survive the first period with Landis Cog and Kadri probably coming out to injure people. Yep. I'm just saying, with Perron and Falk and a deeper, uh, much deeper group of Blues forwards, uh, nine 20 goal scorers, um, that's a nice right. feather I kept to have. And I think with the defense, with, with Letty, and uh, a really nice addition uh, with Prunovic to uh, help uh, replace Krug on the power play. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not sure how many teams could uh, uh, replace a guy like Krug, uh, but the uh, on the power play. But the Blues kind of have. Uh, I mean, Prunovic is a guy who will distribute the puck just about as well as Krug. He doesn't shoot quite as much, but uh, but still, uh, Krug is a is a very good uh, power play quarterback. And uh, Prunovic is exactly that as well. That's his bread and butter. So yeah, yeah, I, nice. I, yeah, I dare to say that Prunovic is maybe slightly better already on the power play quarterbacking. But if that's his only role, um, he had some really good defensive plays in that first round too. Um, you know, the one thing I worry about with uh, the way the Blues were able to roll with seven defensemen in the first round, seven defensemen and only eleven forwards, it's going to be a long series against Colorado. And unless you're going to roll that seventh defenseman on the wing, like the blues didn't in that first round. I don't think you, you know, especially, you know, with Colorado, the first two games being in Colorado, I don't think you want to put Tarasenko out there for, you know, six extra shifts a period. That's just, it's going to be too much wear and tear. So I, I would be shocked if the blues start with, they might start in game one with it, but I don't, I, I don't think they can I, really use that the entire series. Well, I, I, maybe it depends on how healthy Letty really is. You know, I mean, uh, in case they lose a defenseman, you know, how healthy Bertuzzo really is uh, after taking the puck to the head. You know, if, if if they feel like, well, they can play, but, you know, they're a solid hit away from coming out again, then I then maybe they go. I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, well, another we'll... another option is that let's just say that, you know, they decide they want to go with seven defensemen. You know, third period comes up, forwards are looking a little, okay, you know, we, we can't be playing, like you said, Tarasenko an extra six shifts a period in this third period. We got a one-goal lead, whatever. Maybe you start putting Perunovic on the wing to yeah. try and alleviate some of that. 
Yeah. And and that's so, hey, just, just go thing. just go skate two shifts out there on wing this period and give our guys a little bit of a break. Right. Don't get too far out of position, be fine. And yeah. I you know they just they didn't try that at all last in, in the last round and I was a little bit surprised by that. Definitely don't think, you know, given the altitude in Colorado and how much more difficult and taxing that can be that they try that for the entire series. But who knows? Brube uh, no, has proven us wrong many, many times. Kemper is uh, rumored to have mostly or fully recovered from his eye injury versus Nashville, where the stick blade went into, through, uh, into his mask, uh, injured his eye, um, or around his eye. But uh, they say the swelling has mostly gone down, and he should be ready to play. Um, Kemper dressed in all three meetings versus the Blues this season, posting a 2-1-0 and record. GAA of 3.4 and a state percentage of 870. No, not not good numbers. So, so I'm I'm not hits. I'm not saying this to to cause injury. Um, but if if you know maybe his eye's not 100, percent where are you putting the puck? If I'm the Blues, I'm saying shoot it around his head. You know, put put it right under the bar if you can, because right, like if his eye's not feeling 100, percent maybe he's not seeing it as it's coming well, at him right at his face. Bill, what would you say, Bill, as far if, if a guy if a goalie is having I don't know, maybe a, a blurred vision issue or something, uh what what where's the puck hardest to pick up? Is it a high high low? You know, does it does it vary? I mean it, it varies. It depends on the eye thing. If a goalie has blurred vision he shouldn't be in net. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's just, I mean, I, I think that's a plain and simple fact. Um, I think, though, I think if you, if there's an eye problem, it's going to exacerbate any any issues. So you, you want to stick with the book maybe even a little more solidly. If you have a book on a guy, like say, the, say it was UC Saros and the Blues were going in there, like I would not change a damn thing we've had so much good success. So if, if they know, if they know where to shoot on him, just shoot there every time and see how good he is. And that'll one, that'll get you the, tell you how good his eyesight is pretty quickly. If you're consistent with that. And, and two, you know, that's your best chance of scoring. So that's, do it. that's a good point because if, if uh, you shoot where a goalie is most susceptible, then you would think he'd be more susceptible if his vision has been affected. So that's that's a kind of an uh, obvious take, but it's a I didn't really think about it that way. No, I mean you, this is why we have a goalie on the panel because <laughs> that is something honestly as dumb as it sounds like something I didn't even think about either. You know, as a shooter, my thought yeah. is shoot it at his eye. You know, <laughs> but Bill makes well, a good point. It's basically right. like if his if his weakness becomes an even greater weakness. That exploit that weakness even more. Well, that's what Sammy and, Blake and, done on his breakaway against uh, Bishop. After Bishop was hitting the collar, he comes in mm -hmm. the breakaway just a couple minutes later and takes a slap shot on a breakaway. So Bishop yeah. might be kind of pulling up a little bit, right? Expecting mm -hmm. to protect his head or his neck, and it goes yeah, low. To right, totally different situation, right? Pareko right. clearly had broken Bishop at that point. <laughs> so you you scare the fuck out of him. Like if a goalie is is nursing an injury and trying to play through it like that, yeah, you want to scare the hell out of him and wind up for the big clapper and yeah. yeah. Still, you know, Sammy Blay is a blues legend and always will be just for that. Yeah. And right. that's and that's not that whole thing is not even uh like uh, uh, oh, that's a unique idea. <laughs> Bobby Hall talked about doing that on the uh, 
Brett Hull's uh, VHS tape back in the day that hockey's top gun or whatever it was called. Um, Bobby Hall talked about doing that. I think it was, you, 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 you he took a slap shot and, and, uh, rung it up, you know, off the guy's mask or up his shoulder. And, and the next one you wind up and you lay it on the ice and he's like mm-hmm. pulling up a little bit and, and you got, yeah. got room down low. That, that's like a strat. That's always been a strategy. So, and yeah. Sammy Blake, it's, cool it. Right. It is a reflexive action unless you're somebody like Roman Czechmonic or Dominic Hosh, right? That wants to play the puck off their face. <laughs> that, that is a reflexive action. Every time I got rung in the bell, somebody come in, you know, anybody on the opposing team comes in or even, you know, in a practice against my own team, because that used to happen all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would always, you know, shrug the shoulders up like, here it comes. Yeah, did, and, did you do and, that whenever you were standing on the bench in pregame too, and some idiot would take a clapper at you? He was sitting on the bench. Um, no, right, and and I I had no idea somebody would be that silly to do that. <laughs> I always um, did that for some reason. I stopped doing it after that time though. But not while I was sitting. I, al- there. <laughs> I always took uh, wrist shots at the half wall. I, I always did. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it. You have to, you know, focus your aim a little better, and you obviously it, didn't. Then it was so. not a good idea. I, I admit yeah. that. Holy, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. I like uh, no, Derek. It, oh, go ahead, Gord Bill. I was I was just gonna say, and you know, like you said, Ponder. You know, you're gonna go for the head every time. I think that mentality gets to be endemic amongst forwards especially right yeah. i'm just gonna shoot i i think there's something about wanting to shoot at a goalie's head that gets well, the forwards well i can tell you uh, being a forward myself um the prettiest goals are scored up top shelf so that's why you go high well <laughs> you want you want to you knock the water bottle off i did hear this once that this was something in the nhl that has been a discussion before because it is definitely a discussion in beer leagues. You hit a goalie between the eyes. That's a free beer from your teammates. And I've, I have heard that NHL players at least make that joke too. Because, because the next guy gets to score a goal down low. That's yeah, why. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, a couple comments about this that, uh, well, Derek says goalies kind of need their eyes. Yeah. hundred percent. But here is your, uh, here is your comment of the show, at least for me. Matt Harris says, I say we get Kemper with the classic vaudeville eye poke a la the Three Stooges. How hilarious would that be to see, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Robert Bertuzzo skate up to him, take his glove off, and just poke right between the eyes. <laughs> that would be Very fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I do kind of like uh, Matt Moe. I, I like his idea. Would have picked up Subban at the trade deadline and not dressed him until he played Colorado so he could pull the old <laughs> slubinator on him. <clears throat> I would have loved uh, that. Craig Bruby said that uh, Troy Krug who, was, Krug, who was injured in game three of the first round, would be out for, quote, some time. Uh, and there's no update on his injury, but it, it sounds like he'll be out for quite a while. I guess you never know in the playoffs because you get next to no information on injuries, but the phrasing there makes me seem like it'll be out for weeks instead of days. The, when Ruby goes for some time, that has to mean weeks. It can't mean days. has to. Yeah, right. I agree. I mean, has yeah. Right when I when I heard it, I thought uh, Bruby doesn't expect to have him the balance of the playoffs. Yeah, because it's a knee, right? And it looked bad. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I could, I could see like that. I could see maybe, maybe, you know, this goes a long series, maybe by game seven. But at that point, do you risk it? Do you even risk putting him out there and then maybe him re-injuring it and being out next well, season? So, I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, it's a nasty. I, we, I mentioned earlier, it's a nasty blow for for a lot of teams, but we we do have a guy we can plug in to fill his shoes. So that's the only nice thing that you're missing defensively from Krug. Not that he's not good defensively, but he does bring that energy with some of the big hits he can throw. Sure. Um, so you you kind of miss that, but at the same time, Braden Shen has been playing out of his mind this playoff with his ability yes. to come in and hit people. And piss off other teams and fan bases. So dirty player, uh, dirty player, dirty. He deserved at least seventeen suspensions in that yeah. first round. Yeah, yeah. Suspend him for at least five suspensions. At least five suspensions. At least, at least. yeah. yeah <laughs> you think he was Ovi Oglethorpe? <laughs> uh, injuries for the series. Colorado is fully healthy, uh, according to uh, uh, what, what they say. Anyway, uh, heading into the second round. The Blues will likely be without Corey Krug. Definitely, probably. Definitely, probably. Definitely, uh, probably. Scandella has been skating and practicing with the team, so who knows if he'll be dressed or not. Um, some first-round stats. Uh, Colorado uh, had their way with uh, Nashville. And I saw this these stats posted on, on I think it was TSN or somewhere. Uh I don't even know why I have this in here because it doesn't really apply. It doesn't matter how the Blues did against Wild and how Colorado did, did against Nashville, the different teams, uh, different series. Um, Colorado scored uh, average 5.3 goals per game. Blues averaged 3.7 goals against per game. Colorado 2.3, Blues 2.7. Um, but Although Colorado did allow 44 shots on goal average against Nashville. That's a lot to average against. Well, you got to figure that uh, one of those was that was a double overtime game. That's true. And I think they had like 58 or 60 shots. So that's going to bring that up a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that's still very high for a good defensive team like Colorado. Uh, While we're on that subject real quick, I, I, I don't, you know, we're not going to do rapid fire tidbits on this one. But how good was Jake Ottinger last night? Oh my god. I think that was that was the best goaltending performance since Bennington. And that was so good. Only the only other away goalie or non blues goalie that I've been that excited to watch in a playoff game was Jaguar back in his run in two thousand three. He was so damn good. Ottinger had uh Guido's number until he he did. Yeah, that until he shot from the corner. That's that's yeah. That's why I purposely did not pick Gaudreau for the Butchie overtime challenge because I'm like, that dude's got like eight shots this game and he can't fucking beat Ottinger. Ottinger and that shot his number. The shot he did beat him with. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Perfect. Absolutely uh, perfect. Had be, he had there, a shot had to be absolutely perfect. And just before that, there was that scramble, uh, post to post. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm, that, was, that was that was a fun that was a fun that one uh, where he dropped his stick and then still came across. I don't know if that's the same one yeah. you're talking about, but oh man, that was ridiculous. Yeah. And I haven't seen a goalie make that many toe saves in a game yeah. since probably, <laughs> I don't know, Grant Fuhr in the I, I 80s picked, with a kick I save. Calgary to go to the West. Uh actually we'll go for the West to the Stanley Cup final. Um, but I found myself, and I know that people are not going to like hearing this because they're a central team. I found myself rooting for the stars because I was like, um, go Ottinger, I was, baby. I well, was rooting for Ottinger. Yeah. I, I, I love, I was, 
after seeing Andrew play, I'm like, wow. I just, I just want this to keep going. It was so – that overtime was back and forth and chances galore, both ends. That wasn't your typical overtime. That was like both teams are just going going for it. Balls to the wall. It yeah. was nuts. Andrew is a yep. hell of a goalie. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his rest of his career because he's – I man, he looked great. He looked great that whole series. Yeah. Well, I was rooting for Calgary yeah. uh, because I well I picked them, but also I wanted to see the Battle of Alberta too. I want to see oh, him. In yeah, for sure, of course, for sure. Yeah, yeah that that's uh, that's never disappoints. Um, but yeah, just such such a, an amazing performance by Ottinger, and you know, uh, Jamie Ben couldn't do anything to help him out last night, I guess, and at the end of the game, but. Uh, uh, so the uh, Blues and the uh, Avalanche, uh, the Blues record this season was 49-22-11. Colorado finished 56-19-7. Only three more regulation losses for the Blues. So that's yeah. a, that's something to look at. Um, home record uh, for the Avalanche, they had a fantastic home record, 32-5-4. and four. Uh, And the Blues away record, 23-12-6. Uh, pretty good away record, but uh, it's going to be – I mean, if, if Colorado's uh, playing the playoffs at home – is any uh, reflection of how they played in the regular season. Uh, they are going to be tough to beat at home. Yeah, um, but I will I will say again something that I've said about this team for three years, and I know Avalanche fans are getting pissy with me on Twitter about it. Show me you can make it past the second round. Yeah. Um, I know yeah, but- that the argument that I keep hearing is three years ago they were not a cup favorite, so you shouldn't take that into account. Okay, I disagree, but whatever when you've done it three years in a row and you basically stink in the second round, you've got to prove to me. And I, and I know again, and that's the other argument two years ago. Oh, they went with Michael Hutchinson in goal because the other goalies got hurt. Okay. Excuses, excuses, excuses to me. At some point, this team has to step up and prove that they can make at least the conference final. And they haven't done that since the Joe Sackick years. So to me, yes, they are the favorite and I'm not, underselling that at all i do fully expect the avalanche to win this series but i don't think it's out of the complete i don't think it's completely insane to think the blues could could pull this one out because the avalanche have proven before that they have not done well in the second round against whoever their opponent is the uh last time the avalanche went to the third round they got out of the second round the nhl had their old logo Mm-hmm. The black and orange logo, and the last time they went to the third round was when they played the Blues. It was uh, and, twenty years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, two lockouts ago. <laughs> it's been twenty years since Colorado made it farther than the second round. It's been a long time, and so uh, and especially recently when they've had uh, some really good teams here the past couple of years, few years, and they have. Uh, choked, whatever we want to call it. They haven't done it, gotten the job done. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this goes because, uh, and the Avalanche have had the Blues number. I mean, the last uh, three seasons against the Blues, we talk about the Blues owning the Wild. Avalanche are fourteen and six and zero against the Blues the last three seasons. Uh, so I mean, that's that's pretty dominant. Uh, last ten games overall this season, Avalanche five four and one, Blues six four and zero. Uh, How about with that, with that head-to-head record uh, the last three seasons, no yeah. overtime games? Yeah. 
That's kind of yeah. crazy. So so you can basically expect that games will be wrapped up in in regulation here, right? Or knowing the play the playoffs are every game goes to playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, so, so yeah, head to head, uh, the blue, uh, this season, Avalanche have won two out of three. The Blues won the first game uh, early in the season, five to three, uh, and then just a couple weeks later, uh, they uh, the Avalanche beat the Blues four to three, and then they didn't play again until April. And if you remember correctly, the Avalanche started off the season kind of poor this season, and they won on a, an absolute tear because they didn't play a lot of games, and then they. Uh, okay, and then they, they didn't play a lot of games, and then they just won an absolute tear. So, uh, and then the last game was April twenty sixth, and they were uh, they have five to three winners versus the Blues. So they won two out of three versus the Blues this season. Uh, Colorado scored twelve goals against the Blues this season, and the St. Louis Blues have scored eleven versus the Avs this season. So goals for goals against, pretty even in the three games. Um, so we will get into the series probability models from uh, Dom at the Athletic. And uh, and we'll also mention Money Puck too, and talk about who it favors and by how much uh, on the other side of this break. So, go grab a beer, go move your bowels uh, while we hear from Center Center Iceberg. Do you like hockey? No, of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Well, let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions. Run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right, Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Derek says in the YouTube chat that uh, apparently Gretzky's bracket has the Blues and the Canes in the finals with the Canes winning. How about Whoa. that? Oh, I would mm. love that. That'd be a hell of a series. Yeah. Um, okay, so a uh, series prediction from Dom at The Athletic. He he uh, predicted the Blues to lose handily. We mentioned earlier uh, to the Wild. It was like 75-25, I think it was. Um, 75 fa- uh, favoring the Wild. So this, here he has the Wild at 85% to win the series and the Blues at 15% to win. So uh, And for the series to get uh, done in four games, it's a 21% chance for the Avalanche. Five games, 29%. Six games, 20%. And seven games, 15%. Uh, the Blues were to paltry 1% to sweep the series, <laughs> 3% to win in five games, 5% to win in six games, and 6% to win in seven games. Uh, I've said before, I don't like picking sweeps. I just think even with, you know, I mean, people were picking the lightning to pick the, uh, to sweep the blue jackets uh, three years ago. And guess what? It was, was, as Kurt would say, it was a reverse sweep. Um, (laughs) The, uh, the blue jackets took that one in a sweep. So to me, like to say that the avalanche have a 21% chance to sweep the series, that seems insanely high to me. I just think, any series, any series to me, it should never be that high to protect a sweep unless it's like the literally all 32 teams make it and one is facing 32. Okay, yeah, 21% chance for that? Sure. Anything else? No way. Dom said uh, that last year's Blues team is better than uh, – this year's Blues team is better than last year's Blues team, but the probability remains about the same 
because the Avs are better than last year's team as well. So, but I, I, I'll agree with that. You know, Avs are better, Blues are better. But last year's Avs team had a better win percentage than this year's. So you think of this year's Avs team as being better, but last year they had a better winning percentage. I mean, it was less, fewer games played, but still. Well, if you ask uh, Alex Ferrario, I mean, it doesn't make sense that the Avalanche are better this year, right? They because they've lost so many guys. Yeah. We're not going to factor in who they've gotten since and who's had career years, but they right. lost Sod and last year's Grubauer. Last year's Grubauer, yeah. <laughs> I, if, For those that haven't seen it, that's a tweet from Mr. Alex Ferrario that is just tone deaf beyond belief. <laughs> he, got, he got roasted for it, and he should have. And he definitely effect. should have. Um, that, I mean, that's kind of par for the course with that that's, afternoon. That's, that's St. Louis hockey talk right there for yeah. you. I mean, so much of it is just bad. Um, so, I mean, I'm not sure where he got, he's, he's getting that he's, his stances there, but, it, but anyway, um, they're a better team on paper, but that didn't translate onto the ice this season necessarily. If you go by win percentage, um, uh, the Dom's model last year for the Blues and the Avs had the Avs at 88% to win, Blues at 12, and at 24% sweep chance, and it happened. Uh, money yeah, puck. Of course, has, of course, I say you know sweeps are hard to predict, and and there it's a pretty good prediction there in a way. But yeah, to me, I, I just don't yeah. think we'll see that again, especially to see a team sweep another, the same team two years in a row. I just yeah. don't see that happening. That never happens to the Blues ever. Yeah, first, first years in the first three years in the league, it's mm. swept out. Yeah, right, zero and twelve. Um, but yeah, so Money Puck has the Avs at seventy point four percent favorites, and the Blues at twenty nine point six. I I think that's a little closer to uh, reality. You know, thinking maybe sixty five thirty five something like that is is a is maybe a better indication of how this series might go, in my opinion. Um, uh, this series, the Blues only had uh, three more. I mentioned that three more regulation losses in Colorado. Um, and uh, let's see, the last time uh, we talked about that already, I jumped ahead. Last time the, uh, the Avalanche made out of the second round was uh, 20 years ago. So, what do the Blues have to do to win this series, guys? Uh, the odds are stacked against them. No models like them. Nobody's going to pick them. Well, except for Gretzky. Um, <laughs> who, <laughs> who? What do the Blues have to do? to win this series. Give me, give me a few stuff. Well, something that happened last year needs to happen again. Jordan Bennington needs to play some lights-out hockey. Might even have to play his best hockey he's ever played in the NHL, even being, being more so than against Boston or Dallas or whoever from last uh, from 2019. Um, and you're going to have to have some stronger DE as well. I think, I, think, I think the Blues played very well against Minnesota, but there was some times where they let Kaprizov I don't want to say let but you basically find a way to c control a guy like Kaprizov lucky for the Blues he was the only one who was just kind of trying to take over the series from their offense Colorado has a couple guys like that you know McKinnon that whole first line uh, that everyone complains about plus again Kadri having another uh, a career year for him Nichushkin seemed to have found his strides in NHL forward there's a lot of weapons that, that Colorado can throw at you, not to mention Kale McCarr from the blue line. So the Blues are going to have to play some really sound defensive hockey, and they're going to have to get some some timely scoring. I think 
when the Blues lost the two games against Minnesota, um, that was one big problem was we kept waiting for that big goal that we know this team can score. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't happening. And it wasn't until game three or what was that game three or game four when they kind of started to explode. I'm sorry, it was game four. When we started seeing them finally put up some timely goals and then game five, obviously Tarasenko took it over in the third. That's you're going to have to see more of that. You're going to have to see this offense breaking through when one line is shut down, the next line needs to come out and make a big play and do something huge. Uh, the Blues are going to need to, to to counter really quickly, too. So if Colorado scores one or two quick goals, the Blues are going to have to find a way to counter that and score another one and, and keep the games close to have a chance at maybe taking a lead in the third period or whatever. But there's there's a lot of factors that have to go into the Blues winning the series. I was going to say, I, I think the one of the biggest keys for the Blues is going to be to get a split in Colorado. I think they got to come out in game one and try and jump on them. Um, you know, don't play overly aggressive. Um, you know, you got to you got to test the rust versus rest thing, right? Colorado swept. They've been off quite a while. Blues went six. They've had a good four. What is it? Four days? Five days off now? It'll be it'll be five between games. That's great. Colorado may have some rust. I'm sure you know McKinnon's doing his best to make everybody eat kale and be ready. But I I think game one, if you can get out to an early lead and then play sound defensive hockey, you got to do it. Um, avoid hopefully avoid injuries. You know, I think that's going to be another key. Um, we saw what happened with injuries. You know, not not that you can really you know avoid it if you know if something's going to happen, something's going to happen. But if we can stay healthy and keep, especially our defensive core, not be depleted any further, don't lose a Letty, don't lose a Falk. I think that's those are going to be absolute necessary things for the Blues to have a fighting chance in this series. I think uh, we need to utilize our, our depth. I mean, as good as Colorado is, and they're pretty deep, we are deeper uh, scoring-wise as far as 20-goal uh, scores go. You can you could take an arbitrary number. They have more 30-goal scores um, than we do. But, uh, you know, nine 20-goal scores, your top nine uh, have all potted 20 or more this season. That is a really big deal, and, and it needs you need to – uh, use that, uh, take advantage of that in the playoffs. We didn't do that in the first round uh, to the extent that we should, probably could have or should have against Minnesota. Um, and I think that's uh, going to be key if we can get secondary scoring. The special teams are, are going to be key. They were key in the first round against Minnesota. They're going to be probably more key in this series because uh, Colorado's PK isn't great. They were in the middle of the pack this season, a 15th, 79.7% PK. And our power play was, uh, everybody knows, was second best overall at 27%. And it was at 30% in the first round versus uh, Minnesota. So they need to maintain that or better against Colorado. Uh, the Blues PK is 84.1%, and Colorado's power play is pretty good, 24%, which was seventh overall. So with Krug out, Prunovic will be a key guy quarterbacking the power play when he's, uh, when he's out there. Uh, looked good on the power play versus Minnesota uh, with three points in three games. So I think that the special teams are going to be uh, important. It's a, it's an advantage. I don't think the Blues have a lot of advantages on paper in this series that people can say, but that's one of them. Uh, and and they need to they need to come out and take advantage of it. 
Um, and you guys mentioned the D playing well. They got to play over their heads. Um, you can't have the breakdowns. You can't have the missed assignments. You can't have the the lazy plays, uh, not taking the body, uh, no stick on stick, get sticks in uh, in lanes, get sticks on pucks, um, neutralize their speed. They're going to come into the zone with speed. Colorado's a fast team. They love to take advantage of odd man rushes, um, limit those, but they're going to get their chances, right? They're a really good team. They're going to get their chances. It just, and then you got to limit second chances and third chances after the initial shot. So that relies on the D. Forward's got a back check. You got the left winger. It's got to play McCarr. You got to stay between him, you know, McCarr and the goal, uh, whoever's out there against him. So, like, and there's so many things. We could break this down forever. Um, and I'll, I'll add too that um, you know you mentioned the the uh, the special teams. You know, you you just you cannot give Colorado a power play uh, for one and two. The other big thing to me is, and you mentioned the rushes, um, you got to control the puck. And I know that's much easier said than done. And that's, you know, as, as easy of a breakdown as you can give. But the minute you turn that puck over in the offensive zone, Colorado was flying the other way. You, If you're going to have a, a chance where you think you might turn it over, just get it deep. And that way it gives you guys time enough, enough time to get back and cover uh, for their big, strong uh, forwards that are going to skate through that neutral zone. So the key to me is if you're going to have a turnover, play it smart, just try and do your best to get it deep and not allow one of those odd man rushes. I think uh, offense from the defense uh, was not as much of a factor in the first round against Minnesota as we liked. I think we had one goal from the from the, from the the defense. Yeah, so great that, goal from Nick Letty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we – and, and – our our defense did very well this season in in goal scored. So, uh, you know, the contributions from the defense that you get is just it's like it's a it's extra boost uh, on uh, on uh, you know goals that you don't expect to get necessarily, and you get goals on defense because Colorado is going to get their chances, and McCarr might be putting some goals in the series. So, to counter that, you know, we've got some guys who can score on the defense, and and hey, how about how about this for a key to the series? Pareko hit the net. That'd be nice. Yes. And I think uh, Bennington has to be great. He can't be good. He's got to be great. And you said, Jeff, he may have to play the best series he's ever played. Um, We've seen him play at an elite level. He needs to be elite because you could do all these things that we've mentioned before, but Colorado is so good. They're going to get their chances. And if Bennington's not great, I don't know how you win this series with, with average goaltending. And let's put it like this. I thought he was great last year, and they were swept. So Mm -hmm. he's going to have to play elite and get more from his teammates in order for them to win this series. I think if he plays like he did last year, I think, think, and and we get contributions and we do a lot of the things that we've been talking about, I think that puts us in the the mix uh, to to have a chance to win the series. But uh, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together. And uh, can it be done? Sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've there there have been bigger upsets. If the Blues do win the series, uh, you're going to hear a lot of people saying this is one of the biggest upsets. No, it's not. I mean, it's it's it'd be an upset, yes, obviously, but it's not going to be the sheer monumental upset that a lot are going to make it out to be. Yeah, it's not going to be again Blue Jackets over Lightning in right. a sweep. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be like that. I because you look at the points overall, and again, I I hate to just look at statistics, but 
the Blues weren't that far behind Colorado to close out the season. You know, I know that Blues fans, we talked about it in March, saying, you know, oh, they're, why even do anything? Because they're just going to lose in the second round of Colorado. Well, it's ridiculous. I agree, 100%. But, um, it, you know, I think that coming into this series, you know, you look at it in a nutshell and you say, Blues weren't that far behind Colorado in points. Yes, Colorado's the heavy favorite, and I get that 100%. But Blues win this series, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, that's the biggest upset in sports. Like, to me, it'll be like, yeah, that was huge. Great for the Blues. Awesome. Can't wait to see what to do the rest of the playoffs. But it's not it's not mind-blowing that they were to beat the Avalanche. I, uh, it, would, I, it would be great vindication, yes. but not, not a surprise. I told and I I could not agree with you more, Bill, on uh, splitting in Colorado. You you win that first game or the second doesn't matter. You get to split, win your home games. I mean that's what you got to do, right? So going down two zero against or 0-2 against Colorado, losing both their games uh, in, in the arena, then that forces you to you know to you know win both your home games. And then, you know, to avoid going down in the series, you got to win three in a row. So it's, that's a tall order. So yeah. it was getting a split, you know, just do that. That's all you got to do. I, you know, I, I could see them. I could honestly see the blues jumping out on them early in game one. Uh, I could see basically same thing that we saw in the first round. If the blues are going to win in Colorado in the first two games, I think it'll be game one because the blues are going to come out with that tenacity. They're going to forecheck. They're going to try to disrupt that defense from breaking out of the zone. So they're going to try and get on them early. And if they can score early, I could see them trying to hold that lead for a while. Um, and again, not giving Colorado a power play and frustrating the avalanche like we saw with Minnesota. Uh, and then them coming out and winning that, that game. So if it's going to happen, I could see it being game one. And that would be quite the nice feeling to walk out of game one with the Blues one nothing series lead. And, you know, what do you guys think, having Brandon Saad on this team this year, and he was an Avalanche player last year, do you think that is any advantage for the Blues to say, you know, they go into a period, right, they go into a period um, uh, or an intermission after having, um, you know, frustrated uh, McKinnon or McCarr and you know what what is Bednar going to go in there and say is there an advantage there I, I think that that would be awesome if if you know to to hear an interview where you know they they talk about players who had that have that ability hopefully Sod's that guy but that could be that could be just a complete you know underrated x factor in this series knowing how the other team tends to react in the locker room. So it's, uh, yeah, it's almost like having a little, uh, little uh, fly on the wall almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Uh, well, the uh, one thing that side won't be able to provide is, is goaltending. He doesn't know, you know, he knows just as much as the blues do about Kemper, but you know, you have to hope the scouts have done their jobs and can tell true. the blue, you know, the, the video coaches and everybody can, Hey, here's where, how you beat this guy, especially right now with his eye problem. Uh, so predictions, uh, who, who wins the series? I, I, I hate doing predictions, but everybody does them. So I guess we got to, right? We have who to, wins. we're in, we're in blues 
we're in blues new is it still called new media i feel like there should be a new name for that podcast Podcast media we call podcast media um yeah i mean it is something that people just they expect it we have to we have to give the people what they want kurt that's just how it works uh just like when i'll go shirtless in our next show you have to give people what they want Hmm. Hmm. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, okay. so we'll, we'll give ours, and uh, if you guys in YouTube chat want to just rattle off uh, what you think too, and we'll. Uh, I know um, you, a few said it, but yeah. Before we get to it, I do want. There's a couple really good comments in here. Um, Ken Morris says, "Shut down Nate McKinnon and Kale." Uh, Derek easier says, "I can see." What's that? Easier said than done. Yeah, much easier said than done. Derek says, I can see the Blues winning, but score less goals than the Avs in total over the series. That's that that's too. what happened with uh, Boston, right? Because Boston yeah. had a couple blowout wins. Yeah, blowout, yeah. And and I think when we almost beat Detroit in uh, 97, the double overtime with Nisman, I think they had a couple of blowout wins against us, and, and we squeaked by them a few times. Yep. Uh, so now uh, Ken Morris says, now that Benny has the net, he wants to keep it 100%. That's why I am a big fan of Bennington. I think he's a competitor. Um, Ken Morris adds, our power play has to continue with its success. It's going to be a long series, six or seven games. Um, and there's some talk, which we can get to later if you want. Uh, but for, as far as my prediction goes, I'll go first. I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to go avalanche in six. And I, I hate saying that, um, because I really think the blues are going to put up a, a very good fight and I would not be shocked at all to see this go seven games. In fact, I would welcome it. I would love a game seven oh, between these two teams. I think if you ask any Blues fan, will you take a game seven? <laughs> yes. Oh, take all dude. Sure. Well, I mean, I don't even mean I don't even mean that as a fan. I just mean as a fan of hockey. I think that would be a, a really that would mean it would be a really good series to watch. Uh, so yeah, I would. I'm gonna go Avs in six. I do think the the Avalanche's uh, top line just uh, there's just not an answer from the Blues. I, I could see them. Having a series like Kaprizov had, but when you got three of the guys doing that and not just one, that's just too overwhelming. I hope the Blues offense can find a way uh, to to sneak some some big timely goals past Kemper. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Blues take it in six, but got to go Avs in six. Just uh, too much stacked against the Blues right now. Bill, I'm gonna go Blues in seven. Uh, since Ponder Ooh. took the pressure off going with I the Avs, somebody has to go with the Avs. So I'm going Blues in seven. I love it. I think, I think, uh, you know, again, especially if they can get a split early, it's going to, Colorado's going to know that they're in for a long series and, you know, split both cities to start and then just play it out. I think it goes seven. I, I think the Blues can win this series if they if they play as well as they're capable and the defense steps up to the cha- for the challenge. But I think the margin of error for the Blues is just too small. Um, I feel like they have to play a perfect series to win it. Um, I mean, anything can happen, I know, and it wouldn't be the biggest upset, like I mentioned, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Blues win. But uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to say Avs in six just because I think the Blues have to, too many things have to fall in place and have to go in the Blues' favor for them to win it. Uh, I hope it does happen. I hope to God it happens. I want to fucking beat Kroenke. I don't want to lose the Avs again, you know, for the third time in franchise history. Uh, I'd love for the Blues to beat them, but 
Uh, I'm going to go Avs in six. To miss my my brain talking. My heart my heart says Blues in seven. I'd love to see that, but I'm going to go Avs in six. So so let me ask you guys this question. It, let's just say the Blues do pull this out. They win four, five, six, seven games. Doesn't matter how, what the number is. Let's let's take Boston Stanley Cup final out of the equation here. Where does this rank in terms of series wins? To me, this might be number one because of all the other factors. The fact they were swept last year, Kroenke owns the avalanche. You know, to me, this, I would have to see it to say that for sure. But to me, looking right now, it would, it might be number one outside of the Stanley Cup final win. I'll I'll tell you what beats it. I'll tell you what beats it. When the Blues swept the Hawks. Uh, and when the Hawks finished, like what they're the best record in the NHL, or yeah, they're the best record in the NHL. Blues swept them. Blues made the playoffs in the last day of the season. It was essentially a one versus eight seed, and the Blues swept them in the first round. And I think that that would be to me. I mean, that they were the essentially that was before the Presidents Trophy. The Hawks won the Presidents Trophy, and the Blues were the were the lowest seeded team in the playoffs. But the Hawks and the Blues play each other. I think that's the biggest one for me. If no, that, I if, think, yeah, I think the Blues over the Hawks in sixteen was. I don't think this ranks higher than that. I think that was the game that gave the 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 franchise the confidence to go forward and win the cup in nineteen. So, so you went, you went, po, you went post effect of the series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. I, like I like it. it. Okay. Um. Next game for the Blues is, oh, against Colorado, game one. It's on uh, Tuesday night, 8.30 Central Time. Uh, is it on TNT? Or TNT. ESPN? It's on TNT. TNT. Yep. TNT. TNT, fellas. Um, quickly, uh, rapid fire tidbits from the NHL. Uh, Toronto loses out from the first round for the fifth straight, fifth, sixth, fifth straight season, right? Fifth straight season out in the first round. Thought? Blow it up. Blow really? it up. <laughs> blow it up. Oh, Kurt, I as saw a Montreal Canadiens fan, blow it up. Uh, Kurt, I saw your comments on Twitter. I have to disagree with you. I Why? I agree Why? to a certain extent that this was a hard fought series. You That's lost right. to That's the defending, one. defending champ. Um, <laughs> I get that, but it doesn't change the narrative. They cannot get out of the first round. To be the you, best, you have to beat the best. Yeah. And well, they, they, they can't have, beat anyone. Okay. They have a great team. Okay. They played a great series. They were beaten by a great team. I think I don't think this year mimics past failures. I think this one should be graded in a vacuum. I don't think I don't think you blow up this team. I think you you tweak it, you make a change or something, a yes. change or two, and you come back. You don't keep it the you can't keep a team exactly the same. It's almost impossible. But you know you you don't you don't make any major changes. You don't. I don't. I would. I think I you make. Them. I think you make one or two major changes. Mm. You I, I don't. I, you move I a Nylander or you move a Marner or something. Here's 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 where I stand on it. You, okay, so we've talked about how in the playoffs you have to be have a really really good team to win the cup or advance in the playoffs and you have to uh, get good goaltending, great goaltending, and you have to be lucky. How do you, how do you trade for luck? How do you do that? Because but I think you have Toronto to be good to be well. lucky. I, not always, 
I mean, uh, yeah, sure. You, you can't, you can't, but the phrase making your own luck applies sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. I, 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 I'm not saying the phrase is wrong. You make your own luck. You don't have to be good to be lucky either. But uh, I, I think this team is very, very good. I think, I think this team could easily make its own luck. It just didn't happen. I, I think next year and, if they go in, in the playoffs with about this same roster with a couple little tweaks, come back at it. I think they could easily uh, make a run. It, it, would you be, be surprised if they did? I wouldn't. And to I, be clear, I think there's some confusion in the YouTube chat. We're talking about the Leafs and not the Blues. This is yeah. not. We're not saying blow up the Blues. No. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't mistake that, please. No, please don't Aaron, mistake that. Yeah, Darren Grice in there is uh, giving a <laughs> shit, I think. We went rapid fire tidbits from the NHL. This is a uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay. We're talking about yep. the Toronto. Um, no, I, I just and maybe that's where we differ, Kurt. Is just because I, I, I don't believe that bad teams can really truly get good luck. I think luck comes with being good, and I just don't see Toronto getting that luck because they're not good enough to win in the playoffs. So, again, I, I agree with you. I don't think you blow anything up. I think Jack Campbell proved he can be a number one goalie for Toronto. Uh, Austin Matthews is a supreme talent. Morgan Riley's more than good on your back end. But I think if you can move a Tavares contract or if you can move a Nylander, whatever you can do, I think you need to make one or two pretty blockbuster trades just to shake up the roster and but, see what else you can get from someone else joining this team because right now that it's just it's not working it's not it but but you say it's not working but i this 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 series is completely different than the way they played in previous years they they played a very good series they played great but they but still they lost into, they ran into the two-time defending cup champion i don't it's not care like it's not tampa bay against columbus they lost to a, and to blow it to, but next year their seating could be a much. They got they were the victims of a really shitty draw in the first round. They I that was care. a terrible them. It, I think this yeah. is just this is gonna, excuse. If, if, this if, is if, excuse if, after excuse. No, no, it's a reason. No, it's, 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 I'm, no, it's I'm just excuse. telling you the way it is. This would it surprise you next year if they don't blow this team up and they go on a run and go to the conference final? Yes, because they won't. Yeah. I I think I think in, well I'll start by saying the the tweak approach that I've heard is Willie Nylander for an actual defenseman and that that could fix a lot of the issues. John Tavares looks like Joe Thornton at this point with how slow he is, but you know probably not as effective you know, in, in with the, the emotional leadership of the team. I mean, yeah, he, he had a pretty big goal in that series, but they still lost. I, I think it would, I, I think it would probably take, you know, I, I, I joke about blowing the whole thing up because I'm a Canadians fan, but I think it would take moving both of those contracts. I think you move, well, Nylander, you're moving talent. Tavares, you're moving a contract. I think those yeah. two things would have to happen, um, and that they they get themselves some cap relief, and you know not necessarily spend to the cap again before seeing what they've got with the yeah. And I'm not the, even the, saying the chemistry going forward. Well, I'm not even my, saying my there's issue, a hole well, on, on my my issue with the whole thing is is that people say that well this is five years in a row. I, I this is a different this is a different team. This is. This is a much better team than Toronto's had 
in the past. It's, it's, it's different. You, you have to judge this season in a vacuum. I don't think lumping it all together in the past five years, because if you go back five years, it's a different team. The core this, this, is still there. But this is, but I understand. But like I said, I, and I said, I spell this out on Twitter uh, and I, I still, and I'll, I'll stand by it. Uh, I, I think the team just needs a bounce and they're not getting it. They're so mm-hmm. close. And, they're, and I don't, I don't, and, and, and tweaking and changing, bringing players in and out, you're not guaranteeing anything that could make it the team worse. But you know what they're lacking? What they're lacking right now is exactly what Doug Armstrong used to say the Blues are lacking is, what is it, stick the needle in the eye and twist it? The knife, right. The stick knife. the knife in the eye and, yeah. and twist they, it and kill They it. had a 3-2 series lead again and could not you know pull it out. You know what? You know why the Blues won the Cup? Uh, you could. There's a bunch of situations, a bunch of scenarios in 19. You could pick, that's a defining moment. That's a defining moment. Uh, ben not getting the wraparound. That's a defining mm-hmm. moment. Cogliano fumbling the but loose box. Cogliano missing three-fourths of an open net. Just, That's luck. luck. It's just luck. Just as much as hated. you say that, there are times Blues, you can point to in Game create, 7 the against the Dallas. Blues the Blues didn't create that luck. That was a luck. Mm. He, he whipped it. They didn't do anything to create that situation where he missed it. He just missed it. He did. Yeah. But you know what? There's also situations you can point to in that exact game where they should have scored a goal, but the Blues made a great defensive play, sure. or Bennington but that, came up big. But that so particular saying, situation, the Blues didn't create that luck. That was but that ben, happens every that was, game. That's I know. That's why I said there's so many of them, and you need ebbs and you flows need, of the game. I know, but you need this luck. You need you got to be really good. I'm not taking anything away from the talent on the Blues head on the team. They were a great team. They were inspired. They were playing inspired hockey. But you still need to be lucky. And you're not going to win without having luck. And though then that and Cogliano missed an open net. That was not anything the Blues did to create that mischance. He wasn't touched and he missed it. But that happens every game in a night in ninety. You play ninety five to hundred games a year. That's going to happen ninety five times. It's just happened to be that that was a big moment in the Blues' cup run. In overtime. It wasn't during the game where you could, where you could make up. It, it wasn't during the game where you could, okay, uh, uh, we missed an open net or they missed an open net. You know, things can change in the rest of the game to make up for whatever this and that. In overtime in game seven, he missed it. That would yeah, have ended the series in the Blues run like that. But, if that. but that same exact play happens in game one. We're not even but it remembering but this is not, it right now. This but is I'm game just saying, seven. Th- that's part of the game. It happens I understand, all the time. But you, you miss that open net in game one, or he hits the open net in game one. It was a mistake in game one. Whatever. You get lucky in game one. Uh, things can change the rest of the way in game one to, you know, correct that luck or or get alternative luck. I can't think of the word. We're but, not alternative If you have luck, take luck. Careful. Overtime game seven. <laughs> That Cogliano should have scored. He should have You're scored right. there. And it was just dumb luck uh, for the Blues uh, concern. It was a bouncing puck, right? It was on edge. But he just missed it, and he hit the outside of the net. And I'm, I'm, and that would have ended the series. You couldn't have. You it, it, That was a defining moment. You, you can't compare a Game 7 overtime moment like that to a moment in Game 1 in the second period. That's not comparable at all. But I'm just saying, it's, but, but it happens. It happens no matter what the clock says. 
It's part but of that the game. would have ended the series. That would have kicked the Blues out of the playoffs. A game one situation wouldn't have been as defining. You can recover but from I'm that. But I'm just kind saying, you play you play 200 minutes of hockey. That could happen three times. It doesn't matter if it all happened all at once, boom, 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 or if it was minute one, minute 100, and minute 200. Minute one doesn't end the season. That moment would have ended the season. See, to me, that doesn't mean anything with the flows of the game. That means nothing to me. I'm all about ebbs and flows. I get ebbs and flows. I I invented ebbs and flows. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that moment. You can't compare that moment to another moment that would not have ended the series. Completely different uh, uh, importance in both moments. Not the same. To me, the flows of the game. We're not going to agree here. It's it's clear no, we're, <laughs> we're just not going to agree. <laughs> Bill's no, rubbing his eyes <laughs> when they were making <laughs> Bill tired. <laughs> I'm with you fellers. Right, we'll we'll agree this <laughs> Uh you know, but I will say, Kurt, let me let me just ask you this, because we are running long here on this part of the show. What what do you do if in, in your opinion, what do you do if you're Toronto? <sighs> I, I I haven't looked at the whose contracts are expiring. Uh, to see, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to rock the boat with that roster. I'll say that I'll be, I'll be generic. I wouldn't want to rock the boat. I, I wouldn't do anything major unless you, unless you can, you know, bring in something major, which I probably, they probably would, uh, if they move something major, but like a Tavares or whatever. But I, 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 I would not want to make a major change to that roster. I'd, I'd want to keep the major pieces intact. Um, you know, I guess there's something to be said in my mind too. It's like, well, they gave this particular team one shot in the playoffs. They didn't get it done. You know, make changes. Well, you know, I'm saying what, what's wrong with two chances? Give them another shot. Second chance. So right? if they made, let's just say uh, one blockbuster move, let's just say they move Tavares, but they bring in somebody, you know, it's not like a, like a rebuilding move. It's just like a lateral type move. Uh, would that, would that shock you? It wouldn't shock me. It's just not, it's just not what as a Toronto fan I'd be, I'd be I I would they should love this team. I mean, uh, talent wise, they should love what they have the potential to do, and uh, what they did this regular season. And they just didn't. And they just ran into a, a lightning team. They could have faced that team as a different seed in the conference final. They could have won against a number of teams in the playoffs. Didn't didn't happen that way. It wasn't in the cards. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they made that move. I but. Like I said, I wouldn't. Uh, as a fan, I'd be scared that they would be making changes and and it would screw stuff up. So, not that they, you know, and like, but but uh, and to side with you a little bit, you know, they didn't really uh, get anything done in the playoffs. But True. I'd like to give them. I'd like to have this have this uh, a second chance. This team. I feel bad for Maple Leafs fans. I'm laughing at the situation because I think it's funny, but I really do feel bad for good Maple Leafs fans who just, I mean, we're blues fans. We went through this kind of shit, you know, it was just like oh, yeah. we're really good teams never went anywhere. And it sucks, man. It's painful. And I, I feel for him. Yep. No, it's so, like I said, I was at that all day hockey tournament. And um, so I, I had caught the very end of the Carolina Boston game, uh, which went the way I wanted it to. I think all St. Louis, pretty much anyone outside of Boston was happy to see that final. Um, but uh, you know, I I came upstairs later and I you know asked the guys like, hey, who won the uh, the Toronto 
uh, the Toronto Tampa game. And then like three guys just started laughing and they're like, who do you think? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh no. I was like, I started laughing too. I'm like, that's what I picked. I picked Tampa. Yeah. I figured Tampa would win, but I'm like, at the same time, like, God, man, Maple Leafs fans are just never going to catch a break. Did you, uh, do you, you know, the, the watch a game with Steve Dangle, uh, on Sportsnet. Oh, yeah. and YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can watch a little window of him, his face, and you can watch the stream, his streams of the game. You can watch with him. And I, I went back and I watched it. Uh, well, well, the last, like, I don't know, five, six minutes of the period. And he's like, He's like this inspirational speech to to people, you know, the, the, the who's going to be the hero? Who's going to do it? You know, he's just, and, and it just didn't happen. And the disappointment in his face was like, man. You feel so for the guy, man. He's he's such uh, a good Leafs fan. It's so funny. <laughs> um, okay. There's, anyway. if, there's, if there's one guy. Right in in Leafs Nation that that uh, you have to feel for it's it's dang. <laughs> what about Dirt Guy? Yeah, eh. <laughs> he was he was fifteen seconds of fame. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Edmonton's playing Calgary, the Battle for Alberta. Uh, looking forward to the series. I think we all are. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who, who wins? Yeah. Calgary. I got to go so Calgary. Too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I I didn't think I I mean I picked Edmonton to to make it out of the first round, but it would not have shocked me at all. Had Dallas won that in even four games, so yeah. It, L.A. I'm LA. sorry. Uh, L.A. Yeah. L.A. L.A. Um, no, it would not have shocked me at all. Uh, so yeah, actually, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. I did pick L.A. Um, but yeah, I I I think Calgary. I don't want to say they take it easily. I could see this going five, six games, but I think Calgary definitely shows their depth over Edmonton. Brandon Toma asked a good question in the YouTube chat. What's worse for the Leafs fans, <clears throat> losing in the first round or in the final? Because you would you would instantly think, oh, it's worse to lose in the first round, but I don't know. Almost, Leafs fans are almost accustomed to it now. It's like, oh, here we go again. If they lose in the final, and I guess depending on how they lose, would it be a Vancouver situation where they would just kind of riot? Um, you know, I thought about this with the Blues uh, in 2019 when it was happening. I thought, man, like going into game seven, I thought, man, would have just been better had they have just gotten swept by Winnipeg in the first round. Have that and... dank close to your face and taken away. Oh, my God. Yeah, but then I thought I'm like, there was so many awesome moments that we got to witness in this playoff run. And, and I thought, you know, as much as it would hurt and suck to just watch the Blues lose and then, you know, buff or Boston shaking hands and what's the dejected look of the Blues on, you know, just as bad as that is, being able to actually make that run, because we, we've never seen that before, at least in our lifetimes, uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, well, I said the end of the day, let's say the end of the year, the end of 2019, I think I would have looked, at, looked back at it and said, you know what? We had some pretty awesome moments. The maroon overtime think, goal, Schwartz yeah. hat trick, all that stuff. Like, at least we had some really cool moments. We finally saw them win a Stanley Cup final playoff game. I mean, that kind of I, thing would have been great. That, that kind of mentality, I think, goes back to the Blues uh, never having won before, but having all these amazing playoff memories, you know, mm-hmm. the years they lost eventually. 
Um, I, 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 people say, oh, I must have sucked, never won a cup, you know, for so many years. I'm like, yeah, it did. Uh, but I mean, there were some memories in the playoffs. I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I, I mean, as a kid growing I loved, I mean, it was, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want those to go away. Just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I was, I guess because uh, never having won a cup and, you know, you get, you hold on to those, uh, the best memories you got, which, you know, most of them are playoff memories. Didn't seem like a the worst thing. <laughs> I saw one of those uh, or questions the other day, and it actually did make me think um, as someone who's actually seen his team win the cup. Uh, it was uh, see your team win the Stanley Cup once, but then never make the playoffs again or make the playoffs every year and never win the Stanley Cup. And I thought, you know, I, I mean, I guess if the question is, you know, going in, to me, the answer would probably be to see the Stanley Cup, but to not know, I think yeah. I'd choose to, you know, rather see him make it every year because at least you've got that hope of one of these times it's going to happen. So it's, it's a hard question to answer. And win or lose, I mean, you, and you may win some rounds, right? So you may yeah. win some overtime game sevens and have like just crazy euphoria yep. for, well, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. Um, anything else? We'll wrap the show up. Uh, Pete DeBoer fired. You guys shocked? No, no, not with the not with all the turnover that happens in Vegas. Not shocked whatsoever. DeBoer should have been higher than the first place. Yeah. No, I agree. They should. They should never, should have never been let right. go. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. look what he just did with the Rangers. Yeah, I, that's twice that guy has just been fucked over by an organization. I don't get it. Yep. I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pete DeBoer, I can't believe he got another coaching job, yet alone a Stanley Cup favorite. Uh, I'll be shocked again because it seems like there's like 40 guys the NHL teams love to cycle through for head yeah. coaching jobs. He'll be hired again this summer, and it's going to shock yeah. me again DeBoer, just because DeBoer's... I don't think he's a good coach. Yeah, no, he's he's great in year one because he gets players to think differently, but then they're, you know, after year two, they're like, oh, he's stupid and tune him out. It's just, <laughs> yep. it seems to be coach. how it works. Kind of a bitch, too. Kind of a crybaby. <laughs> oh, well, after the hand pass game? Or well, well, not just the... that. There's been multiple times where he bitches and pressers after games, and it's just like, dude, you're the head coach. Shut the hell up and answer the questions and get out of there. You know, it was like, it was a nice contrast in that San Jose series in nineteen when to see how Brube and and uh, DeBoer handled uh, situations. Uh, you know, DeBoer was more of a complainer, uh, and Brube after the hand pass game was like, you know, well, we're moving on, not talking about it, pretty much. And they didn't, and they just got it done on the ice. Yep. So didn't lose the uh, the San Jose Sharks have not won a playoff game since then. They're cursed. The curse of hockey guys that have spoken. That's right. <laughs> oh, we're not playing handball out there. Asshole. What, I don't know what that means. I don't want to punch. <laughs> I want to punch him in the face too. Line him and Philip Grubauer out up, and let me punch them both in the face. Um, Good timing. Your mom just showed up and said hi, guys. Oh, hey. hi, mom. Hello, As you're talking mom. about punching guys in faces. <laughs> well, I could be talking about something a lot worse if I wanted to. 
Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidealife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidealife.com. And get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidealife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis' tasty hockey-themed beer. Please check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That will wrap up episode 38 of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder and Bull Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, beat Cronky. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. <laughs> Let's go, Blues. Fuck the avalanche. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? Only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're up and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.